0: All right, well, welcome back to MVP Real Estate Podcast, season three, episode seven. Uh, we've got Nicholas back with us. <clears throat> I'm sorry, i all of a sudden got some, like, congestion going on this morning. I was just sick, like, three weeks ago, and it's back. Um, but we have a lot of updates. We've got book updates. We've got home repair updates. We probably have more updates. Uh that we got but that's just what we talked about before we started uh, recording the episode but
1: somebody from France listened to our podcast yesterday
0: we're getting even more international now yeah we just hit a thousand yep I believe yep which is sweet um but welcome back thanks for the time um how did your week go
2: well, thank you guys for having me back. It's, uh, it's great to see you both again. Um, the, the week was interesting. Um, so shout out to, to the folks from France. Uh, I actually noticed that uh, one person in France has read my book. So like there's like little, little pockets of international audiences running around. Um, I, I finished the second uh, uh, in my series this week, the, the draft of it at least. So um, only, only a few frantic months of, uh, of revisions to go. Wow on that. Um, And then I spent a a good portion of time uh, in the attic uh, dealing with uh, wiring and old work versus new work boxes and all kinds of fun stuff. So uh, um, it was a, it was, it's been a fun week. It's awesome.
0: I'm sure you're ready for it to be the weekend. Although your weekends don't really get mellow with three kids. So
2: yeah, it's a, it's a different type of work on the weekend for sure. I have. Two birthday parties, um, a, uh, a baseball game, and then uh, various other household chores on the docket. So my, my to-do list is not actually any shorter than the weekends. But.
0: Hopefully it's a little bit better paced. Not as
2: yes. hectic. Um, honestly, keeping the pacing relatively steady is key. I'm, I'm not really good with the whole surge recover thing. <laughs> Neither am I.
0: Neither am I. Uh, and especially on personal time. Personal time, I definitely take my time uh, because my other weekday is always kind of regimented.
1: I'm a I'm a hundred percent opposite of both of you. I'm they call me Hurricane Tots because I can't.
0: <laughs> there's no relax. There's no uh, I guess neutral. Well, for you, you're I, just always in drive.
1: What did I just finish doing in my house? Come on, like there's no off button. That's
0: true. <laughs> That's true. We'll find one eventually. Um well, Nick, let's jump into your book. I want to hit that first. So okay. number 2 is in draft, you said?
2: Yes, so I just finished the draft um yesterday. The uh the first book finished uh, came out to about 50,000 words and that was due to some uh, monetary constraints uh, anytime you're starting a business you can only invest you know so much um in that but the second book is uh, is already eighty thousand words it'll probably be longer when it's done because I, I am less constrained by the word count um so yeah it's it's been it's been good i'm excited
0: awesome that's awesome can you release the title yet or is that to be determined
2: yes actually uh the title is called iron on the tongue it's the uh the follow-up to steel in the blood which was the first one there's there's a theme you'll see as the, as the titles get released. Um, and I actually have already started the pre-orders, um, the, the like the exclusive, like cool guy club pre-orders, uh, on my website where you can get a, a signed hardback first edition. You can, um, get your, yourself written in as a character. If you want to put down a little bit of coin on that cool. um, to the next book, like all kinds of fun stuff. So.
0: And just to pull in another show, we just got off, uh, a show with someone who's talking about nfts and apparently you can tie an nft to an asset but <laughs> tasha you can't cover your eyes um i can't do that have you tied these have you jumped on the train and tied them to an nft
2: uh so one of my other side hustles is an nft project super secret can't talk about it but all right Um, I, have looked into potentially doing some NFTs for, for this piece of, of the art side. And, uh, it turns out that if I mint the NFT, it's like really expensive. Oh, really? I can, I can offer other people the chance to mint the NFT for whatever base price it is like 0.01 ETH or, or whatever it is. Uh, and then they'll pay the mint price, but it'll, it'll appreciate in value and, and so on and so forth. So, um, I'm looking into that, um, Okay. it's nice to have the NFT side project because I can just go over to my Discord server and be like, hey guys, what about this? And they be like, oh, you're an idiot. You should do this instead. I'm like, thanks. That
0: those forums we talked about that for people that are learning to get onto the forums and talk to people who are in it and they can give you the good advice.
2: Oh yeah. It's interesting how much crossover there is on the on the 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 pieces that I'm working on some of the other aspects of the project to like real world stuff, like we're talking about how do you design an economy and how do you like work in, you know, uh, use cases for, for these things and how do you, you know, provide value to people and, uh, you know, judge it appropriately and all kinds of stuff. So like, there's a lot of crossover, especially into the real estate market where, you know, value is often in the, uh, in the eye of the beholder. So.
0: Yeah. Well, that's cool. That's fascinating. I'm going to, I'm curious to see how that all works out. And, with the super secret NFT project, whenever that gets revealed. I'm going to give you a call because I'm interested in what's going on. Sure. Um, not a world I dabble in very much, so it's fascinating. Um, this is a
2: fun one. Um, I can tell you that there's, it's going to be basically community owned. So like we're we're not taking a whole bunch of profit into it. We're, we're taking the whole mid price of the thing. And we've already got plans for like the entire dollar amount to go back into the community for both making the community money as well as like providing other use cases for it. So okay. it's, it's a little different than some of the other ones where it's like, all right, look at this amazing thing that looks cool, bye.
0: <laughs> See ya.
2: Yeah.
0: Oh, that'll be cool. I'm excited to hear about that one. Uh, Cause that world is going to evolve into something that we can't even understand at this point. So I'm excited to see where this all goes.
2: I mean, but real estate on, on meta, you, meta, right?
0: Yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, someone asked me if, when the Meta actually comes to and it's more advanced, would you buy a section of real estate in the metaverse? Oh yeah, I didn't have an answer. I don't know. I I don't know what it's going to look like.
2: I mean, so as with any investment question, like how much money can you afford to lose? Right. Um, But like, I absolutely would, would throw down some money on some, some real estate there. Like, so when I was in a, I want to say like seventh grade, I don't know, middle school, um, we did this like westward expansion simulation where they had this big piece of butcher board paper on the wall and it was all gridded out into squares and you didn't know where the railroad was going to be. You didn't know any of this stuff, but like you could go claim land and then you could buy and sell land and you know it was it was totally a simulation thing but i feel like that's kind of where we're at with meta right now because like you have no idea what's going to be that like we don't even know like what's the railroad equivalent like how do you know which properties are going to be more expensive than not so like the one thing about property especially the way the blockchains are created is like it will never like you can't duplicate it you know like that house that's on the corner of like main street and airport road like that's it that's that plot of land so it has it's an interesting crossover so
0: and i'm fascinated with and i think my reservation in answering like would i buy land how much is there because like in the metaverse i picture this being a vast endless amount of space that if we run out we just create more and if we run out of that we just create more so is that devaluing the property I just bought? Or are we going to set parameters to where like, this is as far as it goes?
2: So I, th- I think you're going to see a lot of- um, What's those
1: parameters though? Like who makes these rules?
2: Right? right. And so like that's because because of the way this is done on the blockchain and it's, it's, it's not centralized, it's decentralized. Um, so like distributed, you know, the, the community decides what value is you know if there's if there's something that is centrally located to a very popular place to be you're going to see this tied a lot more towards um, i guess i guess the 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 cool and hip parts of a town if i were to take this and put it into the real world analog as opposed to like oh this is where three rivers come together and therefore there's you know all these natural resources it's more like oh yeah that's soho everybody wants to live in soho i think i don't i've never been in new york but
1: okay, so here's yeah. Here's what somebody said to me the other day when we were talking about NFTs and this whole like metaverse thing. They're like, so basically what you're saying is we're making, we're bringing the Sims to real life and we're buying stuff like through the Sims. And I said, that's kind of what it sounds like to me. I don't know, this like totally goes over my entire brain. Like it just, it makes my brain explode. (laughs)
0: You're not wrong. Yeah, (laughs) it is kind of, it is Sims. Where you use like real life i mean but you buy things in sims with human dollars like real world dollars you pump into the game it's just no longer a game
1: you don't have to though but you don't have to
0: yeah i know it's i'm waiting for it to get a little bit more fleshed out so that i can see
2: what we're actually looking like, at
1: i feel like i'm the Debbie downer but i just i don't it doesn't register in my brain
2: can i can i just Steal like three minutes and and like, can you hear me just real quick? Yeah, do it. you all have like a pen and a piece of paper handy?
1: I do. In fact, here's my paper and here is my pen.
2: Okay, awesome. I'm let's just paper. take I'm like, let's take like a minute and I want you to draw the car of the future. It does not have to be cool looking like we're not all artists here. I'm certainly not, but like just draw the car of the future. Real quick.
0: Okay. Okay. I'm gonna try not to think of that Tesla truck that he, he made. Oh man. My son was just watching uh, Bob Ross the other day. <laughs> So I'm trying to channel my inner Bob Ross. Oh,
1: on. I know what I want to do. Okay, I changed my mind. Um,
2: get this happy little tree. he just yeah. got a mountain behind him.
0: This is your world. Just create it.
2: Just yeah, put it could be literally anything. Like what is the car that happy you little put? window? Mine
1: is literally in four, four lines.
0: Perfect. And it's a oh, really-
1: This is why I didn't graduate um, with my graphic design degree is because I couldn't pass the actual like drawing classes, but I can make everything <laughs> look pretty, but I can't draw.
2: It works out. All right. Marcus, let me know when you're done.
0: Uh, it's rough, but yeah. yeah, yeah. That's okay. It's rough, is,
2: rough is good. We're not talking Van Gogh's here. All right. Hold them up real quick. Let me see what you got. Okay. Natasha, talk to me.
1: I think we're gonna be teleporting, not
2: driving. Yes. Ooh, wild awesome. card. <laughs> right. So wild we've we've card. taken the the, the car like thing of like getting from point A to point B and we've like completely reimagined what it looks like. And that's amazing. I've done this with a lot of people and like very few go right to the teleporters. So congratulations. Marcus, talk to me. What do you got? So,
0: I don't think this is going to be... Like, I think gas is gone. Mm -hmm. I think we will still have, like, gas cars. But they're going to be what manual cars are now. Like, you see them every once in a while. Ah. But, so... Yeah, they're all all parked
2: outside of the bingo parlor on, like, a Sunday.
0: Yes. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. So, these are not tires. I think it's all going to be, like, a gravity type thing. Like, anti-gravity. Yeah. So I, th- the reason like my back window is open, I think cars will be able to go sideways, like diagonal. Mm-hmm. And this inspiration is from my son's RC car. Cause nice. the wheel, like you can actually go right and it just slides right on the floor. All right. Um, so you got the
2: minority report thing going on. Cool.
0: Yes, basically, like you have got like a cockpit up front but then the mm-hmm. back is going to be like rounded. Cause I think it has to be aerodynamic in all directions. Cool. Um, I don't think it's really going to be a flying car, but that's—I don't know.
2: That's like its whole, you know, two-hour podcast on that. All right. So here's what yeah, I that's do.
0: That's engineering. A tree. Okay. It's a palm tree. Are you?
2: Yep. Are you teleporting on
0: top of a palm tree?
2: No, that's that's a that's a palm tree. It's got a little guy up top. There's like a steering wheel, and there's like coconuts at the bottom.
0: I like it. Right. So it's like a float, that, a parade float that you can decorate to whatever no, it's, you want. It's,
2: a re, it's an actual tree, like, and it's on a tiny island.
1: And that's your car.
2: It's the car of the future. How might that be possible? No idea. My clothes. Right. Well, what if we uh, all uh, commute to goggles? work by putting our VR goggles on?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Right? And then we have to, we have to get somewhere, right? Cause like there's so much real estate, it's all been assigned. And like, we have our allowed place that we're allowed to port into the metaverse or whatever. And because we, you know, pay for a certain connection level and it's way out in the sticks or something like that, but we still got to go to the place where everybody else is interacting, right? Where all the, all the digital underground is, if you will. So everybody drives whatever they want, whatever they can imagine. Right. So what does a parking lot look like in the future then?
0: I don't know. It's a forest. I guess, right? yeah.
2: I mean, could, couldn't it be, right? So the idea that like the car of the future might be a tree, it's not, maybe it's not going to be a literal tree, but like the idea that there might be a metaverse that we all like poured into and live in and, and work in that has its own set of rules that are whatever we say they are, like, I think that has a lot of merit to it. And this is just a fun little exercise in like, imagining things differently
0: yeah i mean there's already people that are full-time in the metaverse like they're Mm -hmm. the ones that that log on and keep control or i guess manage the the avatars in the metaverse
2: so like that's already thing. there's people making sorry go ahead
1: who's paying them
2: Ah, the people that own the real estate are the ones that are making the money
0: so we need to buy metaverse real estate
2: yeah because then you can rent it out for other people to use and program and do whatever they want and they pay you a certain rent each month it's the same it's like standard assets is that like
0: a server like i'm i would be buying these four servers and then
2: you can manipulate those how you want so and first of all, I am not a blockchain wizard or anything like that, but um, you're not buying the server because the blockchain is like a consensus of everybody who's running on the platform agrees that this is what the blockchain is. And so you're buying a piece of that blockchain. And so okay. you're then renting out that little piece and it doesn't live on one server. It lives on like all the servers. Okay. So, yeah. It's wild. I'm
0: I'm excited to see where it goes. I'm <laughs> I'm definitely like I I like things the way they are and I like my patterns. But when something is unique and it's got some legs and like things can grow behind it, even if it's new and it's outside of my comfort zone, I still want to see where it goes. No, yeah. I'm
1: going to put my head underneath my rock and I'm going to stay right there.
0: <laughs> I do have I, there's it draws up so many questions though cuz okay, let's say you're in the metaverse and you trespass on somebody's land or you steal something of theirs from the metaverse like are there now metaverse police
2: and jails and do you
0: have do you have physical world repercussions like so where is our delineation where does it stop
2: the yes. police just sees like a billion dollars in change in ethereum that was stolen which is internet funny money right that like quote unquote doesn't exist yeah but like yeah it's already happened That's-
0: that's crazy that's the part that i'm like okay how many laws are going to be passed because of this whole thing because i'm guessing the founding fathers didn't te- didn't factor in the metaverse when they, they were writing <laughs> they did not so we'll see what comes of it um
1: i'm gonna go find anchor and like hunker down in it just
0: <laughs> it's gonna be an interesting couple decades of trying to get this stuff organized
2: I think so. Um, it's it's so got a lot of potential too, um, especially just like imagination, different ideas, but also um, the the idea of decentralized finance. Cause uh, I was actually reading a book recently um, called Economic Science Fictions. Unsurprisingly, science fiction was involved. Um, if you're looking for really entertaining, like gripping storytelling, like pass. It's not that. Um, okay. <laughs> it does have some good stories in it with like interesting economic questions and then there's some really interesting essays that are written very dryly so like just go quickly and pick out the main points but um the the takeaway that i got from the i just read like the first part of it i'm still working on it um, is that like the idea of money right it's a way of communicating value from buyers to suppliers that's all it is we no longer have like this dollar is worth six ounces of gold like I think that's too much of gold I don't know how much gold is announced these days but like we went away from that and so the idea that you could substitute the dollar with like anything is is an interesting concept and like again I'm not an economist so I don't want to like try and prognosticate on that but um that communication like money as communication was was an interesting way to look at that
0: yeah and we're not completely off of gold as our backing correct i know there's a push for it to not no, back we, the
2: dollar by gold we have a floating dollar like completely yeah. as far as i'm tracking <laughs> like yeah. it's not tied to the gold standard at all that happened in 1980 something again don't quote yeah me. that's
0: what i that's what i thought i remembered mm-hmm. so maybe the the dollar becomes the backing to this metaverse wouldn't that right? be and a that, wild
2: I mean, now you're like inceptioning this idea of like we say this is valuable and we're backing this other thing that's communicating value over here so it's backed by communication like what does that mean? yeah
0: <laughs> and we're only backing to the u.s dollar so what does that mean for canadians or people in asia or like they have their own currency so is there conversion rates and meta dollars
2: i mean so like you can, you can convert anything to anything else, right? That's what, that's what like a, a lot of the, the big markets do, right? Um, so I think the, I think the idea of the way we think about money though is, is, is different. Like you know if somebody hands you a dollar that says the United States of TED on it and it's like got their face on it, you're gonna be like, no. <laughs> yeah, if it has you know the seal of the United States of America and like Benjamin's face on it, then like, okay, now we're talking, right? But what makes that piece of paper any more or less valuable? People buying into it. People believing. Exactly. Yep. So, yep. I don't know. Interesting crossroads.
0: <laughs> yeah. And if if the, the only thing that comes out of it is people getting a little bit more financially literate because they're reading up on the dollar and currency and how it translates to the metaverse, at least they're more financially literate in the real world so yeah, absolutely i think that's that's something that would be an interesting little tidbit to take out of it so well out of the whole aliens and metaverse thing let's talk about <laughs> your book uh the second one out what summary or like little sneak peeks can you give us little
2: like cliffhanger mm. okay all right, right. so the the first book ended on quite a bit of cliffhangers um there was uh, a lot of the reviews that i got back have been like okay, like, where's the next one? I'm like, don't worry, we're out soon. But um, we uh, we open on a, a whole new um, character and plot arc that is going to kind of be seeded throughout the book um, that brings another um, another viewpoint to the world. I noticed that, uh, you know, when I started designing the universe and, and building all these things into it and then like thinking about where's the story at and doing all the planning for that, um, I realized that a lot of it was coming from a like a top-down kind of viewpoint where there was like a lot of the main characters were those that were in charge and so they had their view of the universe and their ideas of right and wrong and everything else and uh, and I wanted to really explore what it looked like from the other side so um, I can tell you that the new character's plot line is very much from the opposite end of the spectrum she grew up extremely poor she's one of the uh the uh the workers on one of the factory planets and so has a job that's like extremely dangerous and like barely pays anything at all and she's doing the work for you know the next level of the bureaucracy and so on and uh she runs into um a situation that uh kind of puts her on a collision course uh with uh the powers that be further on down the line so um yeah wow. i think it's, i think it's a planets. Good...
0: So she lives on the manufacturing planet.
2: Mm-hmm. How One many
0: planets do we have? Okay.
2: There's uh there's 14 planets that the uh, the Olsons control and are responsible for, and they're the uh, the we started the story with them. But um there's there's over a hundred different gene lines that control all the different thousand planets of the of the empire. So um,
0: okay. The so this stuff wasn't. <clears throat> I'm not a big sci-fi guy, but <laughs> my son just wanted to watch boba fett Mm -hmm. and i watched that and i'm like this whole thing is like now a light bulb went off (laughs) because boba fett was so good and they have the kind of like the same different worlds in different clans that that live within each world Mm -hmm. i think it's it's super cool to think about
2: it's it's a good way to explore a lot of different um different things that we're kind of struggling with in our society today and one I hope I hope this is a fun exciting story to read it's adventure it's got action it's got a little bit of romance in there it's, it's got everything right okay. um, but also like uh, I tried to to really wrestle with some of the things that, that we're dealing with in society today so if you want to you can peel that fun exciting layer back and be like well, what is the nature of power and like why do we end up believing what we believe and you can kind of dive into that piece, so.
0: Yeah, and I think when you write it in that sci-fi, with the sci-fi glasses on, with, with colonies or tribes of people that aren't yourself, you kind of take down your defense mechanism and you kind mm-hmm. of look at it in a different perspective. Even if the themes are the same, you, I think allowing your judgment to go down and your defenses to go down, you can look at a system or a, a culture and be like, okay, well, here are some of the gaps or here are some of their issues. And then when you start to think about it more, you're like, well, I could see that in, in our day-to-day with how we operate it.
2: That's, that is, you know, I couldn't have said it better myself. I really, I really believe in science fiction because it lets us have a chance to experience something that is not us. Yeah. Um, it, experience what it might be like to live in the future because we're all going to live in the future eventually. <laughs> all you got to yep. do is wait. Right. But like, what if you could try and experience what that might be like today and use that to inform your decisions, you know, your outlook, all that.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. And when is it's going to go to revisions? And you said Mm -hmm. multiple. So what goes on in those revision meetings? Is that with your publisher (laughs)
2: No, that's just with me. Um, So I I owe a a pretty solid product. What I'll end up doing is um, I'll go through probably three or four revisions just myself um, because I tend to just, I'm a draft horse kind of writer where I'll just, I think I wrote like 20,000 words last week. (laughs) Okay. So um, just get it all out there, get it down. I had everything planned out and boop. And then I'll go back and, you know, I'll, I'll start reading through, like I changed um, the point of view from first to third um, for part of it. Uh, and so I have to go back and make sure I don't have any embarrassing things like we instead of they and like little nitpicky stuff oh, yeah. like that.
0: yeah, okay. that Once
2: that's done, I go back and I'll read for um, characters and like, hey, do all the characters make sense? Are they genuine? Is the dialogue right? Do they have distinct voices? You know, are they are they actual characters with motivation as opposed to just caricatures of like, Oh, this, you know, Kevin could be like any generic, you know, bad guy. And like, I need to make him more of a, right. And then I'll go back and read for plot. Um, and the plot is mostly just the mechanics of it. Like, Hey, are there continuity issues? Did I say this happened before they had been exposed to that? You know, cause sometimes the planning goes a little, a little spaghetti. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then after that, I'll go back through and I'll just look at the language and, and how it reads. I'll do a lot of out loud reading uh, and that really tightens things up. You know, I'll, I'll find all the different places where I'll, instead of saying like um, the door of the room, you say the room's door and it just slides off the tongue a little faster, a little easier. So, I really like yeah. how you're
1: talking about how you go through and how you revise because even when I'm doing like making marketing material and like making my paragraphs of marketing material I kind of do the same process like you need to read through it more than once more than twice more than three times to make sure everything makes sense like it's cohesive like yeah so it's really fun to hear how you kind of take the time to do it yourself before you even send it off to your publisher
2: absolutely yeah and Honestly, the next step before it goes to to actual publishing is uh, I send it to the beta readers, <laughs> and they are the uh, the carefully curated stable of uh, very mean and honest people that know what they're talking about, uh, and so they get to come back with me, you know, and, and hey, this character's motivation here doesn't make any sense. Why did they do this in this scene? Or like, hey, this is out of That's out of cool. character. Like, I didn't like this at all. And it's like it's fun because you get into the preferences and you have to really kind of do a almost a psychology study on folks and be like, hey, are you my target audience? Like, what is your background? are your preferences? Because one person may be like, God, I really hated all of this angsty nonsense where we're listening to them talk about their feelings. And it was just, ugh. Exactly. the other person was like, oh, that was great. It really heightened the drama for me. And I felt so connected to that. And like, I could empathize with them. So it's like, okay, yeah. where's the middle ground here? Like... <laughs>
0: So is there a Facebook group or like a, a forum group of beta readers that you can tap into before you select basically like your jury?
2: So there's, there's a lot of um, writers and authors, Facebook groups. Um, there's, there's folks that are like, we're going to teach you how to run this as a business. That's like 20 books to 50K um, is like the, the well-known one there. But there's also just like Writers and Authors United, like um, Writers for Writers Marketing, like there's all kinds of stuff. Um, I have managed to run into the folks that I have in my beta reader pool through, um, honestly, a lot of through the the pre-sales marketing in my first book and just folks that maybe took a little more time, but they came back with, you know, a really solid, like, here's what I think of the of what you've got. I was like, oh, wow. Okay. You're going in the, <laughs> going over here. Yeah. In this and then honestly, it's people who are willing to do it because you know I'm, I'm never going to turn down somebody who wants to to beta read the book. Um, some authors are like, oh, you know, you you can't let it get out too far because then uh, you know people will know what's going to happen and you'll lose out on sales. And I'm like, eh, well, we got to start selling some books before I'm going to worry about sales. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so um, the other piece that uh, I'm I'm just really excited to. To be a part of is I um, I made enough uh, on this first novel to uh, be considered a professional science fiction writer, and so I got into the Science Fiction Writers of America, uh, the SFW. Nice, congrats!
1: Congratulations!
2: Thank you. Um, so yeah, it's been great. They have forums and like support from other authors, and you know, reading lists for like the Nebulas and all, all the awards and everything like that. So it's been it's been pretty cool.
0: Awesome. Wow, that is exciting. That's exciting. Did you think when you were a kid, this, that was going to be where you're at? A Not professional a Not sci-fi a writer. <laughs>
2: nope. No. Uh, I, I did write my, my first, like, I would say complete story in high school, but um, no, nah, I was always like, Oh, I'm going to go be a pilot. Cause that's what I want to do. I saw the air show when I was yeah. four and therefore I'm going to be a pilot. Um, but that never included getting, getting to this point at all so
0: that's sweet and you've got many more books in this series so the professional four more
2: mm-hmm.
0: yep. was that a sneak peek for i felt the hesitation like you don't want to let the, the
2: cat out of the bag no it's, it's it's good i mean the more i say it out loud the more now i have to write those books so um it's kind of like the uh <laughs> the promises made in public are often the ones that are kept
0: yep all right so we got four more all but right, I'm excited to see them. And Super when do they hit? You said you could buy it online first, but that's your first book, correct?
2: Yeah, so the first one is uh, is out if you're an e-reader person. Um, it's been out since uh, December, um, but the uh, the paperback, uh, you can get it on Amazon right now or you can uh, buy it from your local bookstore tomorrow. Um, you can also buy it direct from my website. I got my, my Square e-commerce like integration set up, which was another project that I did this last week. <laughs> okay, so, nice. Um, and uh, you can get a, a signed first edition there. You can I do like custom, mail letter bookmarks, like all that stuff. So um, very
0: cool. Well, we'll make sure to put your uh, e-commerce in the show notes, For nice. sure. so people can yes. jump on and grab those. Perfect. Uh, and while you were the data three writing your second book, you were also alluding to doing some home remodeling. Yes. <laughs> what was that about? You said it was in your attic. You're doing electrical and plumbing.
2: Yeah. So, um, we, uh, we bought this house, um, and to kind of cage just a little bit of the background, faster, funnier. Uh, I live in a place where the housing market has increased massively over the last two years, which narrows it down to anywhere in the continental U S but, um, literally we, we had a few investment properties that, cause we, we get stationed here occasionally, like we kind of go through and like, my wife had one property from before we even knew each other that she bought. And then we had another property that we almost lived in while we were here. And then we got orders. So it was like, yeah, wave off. Yeah. Um, and we actually wound up having to sell those two properties to buy in because we didn't want to be leveraged like so much to the tune of like over a million dollars <laughs> in debt at that point. Yeah. Like, We can't, <laughs> no, no, we're not doing that. So um, we bought the house that was available in the neighborhood um, that was a place where we might live um, and it needed a lot of work. Uh, it was a 92 construction and I think probably nothing had been done since 94. Uh, popcorn on the ceilings, like the whole, the whole nine yards. So um, I took about a week before we moved in and I parked the camper in the driveway and just kind of lived out of that, just running off the batteries. And uh, I hired some guys to scrape the ceiling. As you can tell, there's no longer popcorn. Uh, yep. Because if you're going to scrape a ceiling, don't have somebody else do it. <laughs> like Yes. It's just murder. Um, and then they did tile. And
0: there's so, a lot of asbestos in that stuff.
2: There the can be, popcorn. for sure. Oh, yeah.
0: So if you ever are going to scrape it, just for the viewers, either get it tested if you want to be the weekend warrior, get it tested because that will cause some bad side effects
2: oh yeah otherwise
0: yeah. just contract it out and they'll clean it up for you and start over yeah. it's worth it
2: any anything in the in the 70s or 80s like high probability there's asbestos the in it but like always always get it tested um just luckily
1: flap over nobody,
2: there you go that's yep. another option yep cover it up just do another ceiling Exactly. Um, luckily nobody had painted ours because if somebody has painted your popcorn ceiling after the fact, then it becomes a whole different nightmare. Yep. <laughs> but oh, no. really,
1: I had no idea.
2: Oh yeah, because then you're dealing with like paint impregnated plaster over styrofoam beads. And yeah. Not I good.
1: feel you with like getting texture off of walls, though. I literally just finished skim coating my entire living room two bedrooms and hallway of my house so now you can see my nicely new painted and um trimmed out house as well
2: they look it looks very nice Yo, cool.
1: i know i'm very proud <laughs> so finish <laughs> your story let's go
2: about oh, your okay so so this weekend yeah um so i i had the floors and ceilings hired that out and then I painted the ceilings I painted all the walls myself Um, I ended up buying a a set of drywall stilts so I could cut in the the ceiling wall by hand like myself that way I didn't have to move a a ladder around
1: my gosh Uh,
2: and I had this whole thing I had the whole thing done in um, I want to say like four days from start to finish so it was a it was a project (laughs)
1: yeah holy cow
2: It was, it was more doable because I took the time off and um, my wife, who's amazing, uh, kept the kids back up at our old house. And so I literally would get up at like six o'clock in the morning because the birds were really loud. And then I would work until like midnight and occasionally like stop for food. I got too hungry and normal stuff. So um, I ended up doing all the painting. Um, I built a uh, built-in bookshelf on one wall of the living room because they had a, like, like the the prefab cabinetry that you can buy, like just boxes, they just stuck that against one wall and put like a Formica countertop on it God. in the living room. And I was like, this is weird. Yeah. Um, so we pulled that out and underneath that was carpet and they had done the tile up to the edge of the carpet, but they hadn't picked those boxes up to like tile underneath them. So Okay. <laughs> yeah. So there was this like, Straight down to the slab after I pulled the carpet out, and then like tile, what do I what do I do with this? So yeah, um, I ended up having to match the tile. I, I cut little pieces of it off and like shoved them under there and like put them in. So there was like, just don't look too closely, it's fine. Yeah, but uh, yeah, the bookshelf turned out pretty well. Um, so that's built in. It's got a nice little cutout for the TV, um, and then. Uh, the the good thing is the bones of the house were pretty solid so um i didn't need to do any like knocking down walls or remodeling anything like that um i did do the kitchen but i did not have to do new boxes in the kitchen um i just pulled the uh the cabinet doors off um i sanded the uh the boxes as they were and painted them yeah and then i did um i bought all new uh, cabinet doors from Mm -hmm. like one of the online vendors and I had them like shipped to me, like paint ready. Cause like, I hate finishing, <laughs> but I didn't, yeah. it was like, I think it was like almost double to have them just paint them. And so uh, my big takeaway from that project was uh, if you don't like finishing, pay somebody else to do it.
1: Yeah, yep. that's exactly <laughs> I, it. I had I
2: had the that's... garage shut down for like two straight weeks plastic over everything. I had a little like air filter and like sawhorses set up and my my paint sprayer. I did like three coats of primer on everything, two coats of paint. It still has a little bit of orange peel finish on if you get too close, but I used a nice um, like a, a satin finish as opposed to like an eggshell or something like that. And so it turned out okay. I think it, I think it looks nice. Um, if, you, if you look really closely, obviously you'll be like, oh yeah, that's painted
1: no i totally get it i like so painting my husband and i we hate painting like absolutely despise it like we can't cut in to save our life so we finally were like we saved so much money by having me do the skim coding that he's like yep we're hiring a painter hands down the best decision i have ever made in my entire life because i was like yeah. watching them and i was like you guys are really good i am yeah. not that good so
0: the, the skill is good and their speed is good.
1: Yes, they got my it's, whole house done in two, three days, two days. I'm like, yeah. No way, that would take me a month.
0: Yeah, and that's one thing that I always tell, because there's a couple of clients that we, we take on and like they want to GC the project. So they go, they get the orders, they pick it up, and basically it's just hours for us. Uh, but they still bounce questions off because obviously... This might be their first basement that they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, those people are usually the ones that are trying to, like, okay, we're going to try and save a dollar here and there. And I always tell them, like, if you want to save a big amount, is UGC it. You have to worry about ordering and getting supplies. And yep. if you can take that off my plate, you'll probably save a lot of money. That's
1: what um, do Every time do the they process.
0: always, what's up?
1: that's what I do every time I do that every time we have a project because I'm just like I can I it's just ordering and managing yeah
0: yeah and like they tell me like where where can we cut or where can we save some money in painting and texturing I always tell them like just pay for it get a professional in and pay for it you're it's your finished look yes so when you walk down the steps that's what you're seeing Mm -hmm. exactly right Um, and mudding I would I would as much as people want to do it themselves, if you haven't mudded before, hire it out. Yep. to yeah. save you three weeks of time. And when you go downstairs, you're going to actually enjoy your walls mm-hmm. rather than seeing this big seam running through this like 30-foot wall. Exactly. Every time. Exactly. Every time. So I agree. Uh, you are doing electrical, correct? And yeah, what else so- are you doing up there?
2: And plumbing. So the other piece of this was like none of the fixtures had been updated in a long time. Like uh, I will, because I don't want to put anybody off their lunch, I will not show you the fan that I pulled out of the bathroom and like oh. how disgusting it was. Like Ew. it was, it was real, um, real, real. So yeah, I uh, I've I've done new light fixtures um, in. Three of the bathrooms. Um, and I've just been using those those flat um, LED like discs that you can get now off yeah. Amazon. They're like highly recommended wafer, yeah. wafer
0: lights. Yeah. Wafer lights. Because it got really, in really the nice. ballast
2: and a converter and everything.
0: Wait, what is it? What They're are called they called wafer lights? They're, you know, the can lights that you see that have like the big housing yes, that go up in your floor joists? Yeah. So they have wafer lights now that look oh. like little LED discs. And they've got two fins on the top so you push the fins up and you put it up into this the hole of the drywall and as soon as you let go the it grabs the top and then holds it up on the drywall Mm -hmm. and there's a converter right on it so you can tap your line into that Mm -hmm. and these lights and you can go from like different lumen selections so you can make them more yellow you can make them same asylum white Yeah. yeah they're I recommend them for everybody doing a remodel because you get the can light look for almost like two thirds of the price.
2: Oh, less than that. And I mean, I got, I got a box of like 20 of those things for, I want to say a hundred bucks.
1: So you still need to do yes, the in right. the ceiling, right?
2: So all you do is cut your hole in the ceiling. And if you have like, obviously you have to have your wire available. Um, and then you, uh, you, you, a hot, hot neutral and ground and it's all right there in the box and it goes back in they're all like wet area rated most of them are so just look for that but the cool thing about those is you can put them into like three inches of headspace. Yep. so if you have a basement you're doing you don't have to have this massive amount of room in the ceiling to get can light look yeah there's a lot of benefits
1: I the ceiling height that, was one i might look into that for my house because we have no can anywhere and that's all we want yeah
0: And like you were saying, the headroom is nice. Um, They are that water concealed. So that's nice. The converter whip. So off of the box that you have to put your floor joists, the whip is usually about 12 inches, which Mm -hmm. means that I can place the actual light in the center of my room or wherever I want it in my room rather than having to put it up in between a floor joist, and that's just the room you get. So you can move them around to wherever you want which was super nice. Um yeah, they're I recommend them. If you haven't if you haven't found them yet, go look for them. And they're at like every big box retailer.
2: Yeah, and I mean, I got mine off of Amazon cuz I was like I just want everything to show up. I don't have to make a million trips to to, you know, one of those one of those stores. Yeah. <laughs> but uh but yeah, I highly recommend that. So I did new light fixtures, um, I did new exhaust fans and the one like just remove and replace is pretty simple. Um, honestly, just like it's got the line going into it already. Just make sure that's dead. Um, so for anybody who's listening, uh, hire an electrician, you know, just, just throw that out there. It's, it's probably yep. worth it. Uh, however, if you would like to, for informational purposes only, uh, do this yourself. Uh, you, you cannot do this without a non-contact voltage tester, like flat out. Yeah you have to have one of those because it's, it's a safety thing. Even if you've got the light on, you go turn it off at the breaker and the light's no longer on. You're like, okay, I found the circuit. But like, you don't know in old work, especially with walls that are already closed up, like what other lines are on different circuits and is this the right one and everything. So anytime I'm doing anything before I touch <laughs> anything, I take my little tester out and I hold it on there. And if it beeps at me, I'm like, okay, that's hot. I need to go yep. find another breaker to pull. So yeah. once you've done that, it's pretty straightforward. Like um, the, the remove and replace, because it's three wires, they're already up there. They were already hooked into the last fan you had. Yep. So you just pull the last fan out, make sure your hole in the drywall is big enough, um, and then put the new one in and put the little wire nuts back on there, cover everything up, make sure it's inside a junction box that's in the attic to code. Yep. Um, and, then, and then you're done.
0: And when I was so long? when I was starting on electrical, just another tip. When I was starting on an electrical and it was all new to me, doing the replace part, I would take the phone and take pictures. Right. Oh, yeah. What did it look like as I took it apart? How did the wires connect? Took a picture of that. So that when I go put the new unit in, it was like, all right, now make this look like that. And I mean, pretty self-explanatory at that part
2: that's that's definitely a good idea and the thing that took me so long this last weekend which why i was crawling around doing all kinds of stuff was um the fan that i bought to replace the old one the old one was a very basic like it is on or it is off Uh, this one has a light fixture associated with it as well as a nightlight function and and then the fan like the motor oh what we wanted to do was put them on different switches so that I could turn the light on or the night light. And then I wanted to put the fan on a rheostat so I could have it on like max or less than max if, if needed. Because we live yeah. in Florida sometimes like the humidity is around for a while. Um, and so I basically ended up taking one circuit that was the, the main room overhead lights. And then I tapped my light circuit off the fan light into that so that it was attached to the same switch for the same room. And then I had the box on the wall that was the old fan on off. And like, I don't know like how they wired this thing, but some, for some reason it was dependent on having the switch to the room light on. And then you could turn the fan on or off. So that circuit was only hot if the main room overhead light circuit yeah. was on. So I'm like, well, that's not useful. Like what yeah. if I want to have the fan on and the light off? Like what now? Yep. So um, I went in and had to find a different circuit to, to tie that into, cause I tried to do it straight in and I was getting hot on both sides, even with the switches that I had installed off. Cause I took it from a one gang to a two gang box. And it was like, okay, we're not trying to chase this dragon for the rest of the day. I'm just gonna, we're gonna go up there. We're gonna take the, the hot line in. So I found a line into that, to that box. And I went back and I cut it and I capped it um, where it came in so that it was like, it's fine. Yeah. Uh, and then I took that hotline in and I found a different circuit, which ended up being the wall outlets for this room. <laughs> yeah. So that's the bathroom door behind me. So the fan function and the nightlight is now on the circuit in this room that is just the wall outlets. Because okay. like, there's hardly ever any amperage draw on the wall outlets. I'm not running you know a wood shop in here or anything like that. Uh, And those two, those two are only going to be drawn at most like six or seven watts, even if both of those are on. Mm -hmm. So I felt, I felt good about that. Yeah. where did you learn to do all
0: this electrical? So uh, YouTube mostly. Oh, I love YouTube University.
2: (laughs) Uh, It's great. Um, There's a Canadian guy who does like remodel stuff constantly. I, I cannot remember his name right now, but you can dive down the rabbit hole of his channel and he's like he'll take you from like doing siding like uh all the way to like oh yeah and this is how you cut out a wall and make a window now there's a window here where there wasn't yeah it's It's not essential craftsman
0: um essential craftsman is another youtube channel he he literally makes a, a series where he buys this plot of land so he walks you through what went into buying the land and then what goes into zoning and then what goes into excavating what goes into founding he builds the whole house and does a, a youtube series on it all the way to finish work it's awesome that's crazy such good quality yeah it's if i'm doing a remodel and they've got questions i send everybody that thing and i'm like all right watch this video because this is what i'm talking about so they can kind of get up to speed with what because again we do these all the time and i'll spit words out and they're like yeah can you repeat all of that again I'm like, your, okay, your homework. yeah, watch this video. You'll understand, uh, at least to the bare minimum that you could stay in a conversation. Cause again, they don't want to be the experts. They've got their full-time jobs, their families, but just to be able to get to like the bare minimum of understanding what's going on in your own asset, here's a video. Um, yeah. but I think I know that Canadian guy that you're talking about. Um, I've, I've watched his and siding videos many times as I was starting because oh, yeah. we were, the first few projects were trying to patch vinyl siding in with old siding. Mm-hmm. Um, so to find out his tips and tricks and yeah, he was YouTube University.
2: I live by it. It's good. Um, I, I did take several. Uh, so like my, my undergrad was in engineering too. So like I can, I can read a circuit diagram and I came in with that knowledge, I guess. You know, that's not to say... <laughs> You, nobody can learn that, but I, I kind of had a little bit of a leg up there. Um, we did we did some project management type stuff there as well. And then I felt really well prepared, honestly, to, to GC my own work here um, because I do have a master's in operations management. So makes sense. building a Gantt chart and forward and backward past and critical path management and slack time and resources and all that stuff um, was something that I could kind of Oh look, that is useful, masters. Let me go use that for my own yeah. off project, you know. <laughs> so, yeah. But that's
0: cool, taking the resources from other from other past experiences.
2: That's key. That's why you pay yeah. for it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For sure. I mean, so if if I were to look at all of the project lines I had going, I had a full kitchen remodel including countertops and and plumbing and other stuff. Um, I had the bathrooms that we did. Um, Cabinets throughout, floors, walls, and ceilings, um, and then outside the house, uh, it needed a new roof because the roof was so old it was uninsurable. Uh, really? So, yeah, that was that was a project and a half. Um, so so uh, we ended a complete up complete
0: rip off, not just shingles.
2: Oh well, so they they had to take it down to um, inspect the the decking, um, and I'm glad they did because. There was a lot of water damage around the chimney, yeah. And you could see it inside the house, like. And I found this out later that they they had water damage in the house, and they took the insurance money and bought some tile for the hallways. So, long story short, Uh
0: okay.
2: Not fix the uh, problem,
0: but make it easier to clean up. (laughs) I guess
2: something like that. I don't know. Um. But yeah. So you could. There was there was a lot of a lot of water damage around the chimney. So they pulled all that decking out. Um replaced it with new decking uh get the nail off up to code um all, all the all the stuff that you'd need especially because we live in, in a hurricane area hurricane yeah. area so like miami-dade codes and, and insurance is huge it takes your insurance um from like fourteen fifteen thousand dollars a year down to like four or five depending so um you gotta you gotta have that you gotta have that done um, yeah and then we used, we did a, uh, a metal roof this time. We didn't do shingles.
1: Ooh, so, I, want, I want a metal roof. Mm-hmm.
2: So I learned all about metal roofs. And uh, again, if you're gonna be the GC of your own project, just be prepared to do a lot of reading. Um, so- A lot of reading. Oh man, uh, if you wanna know about PVDF coating versus uh, some, of the, some of the other coatings you can get out there, what's the difference between coil coating and uh, on roof coating, standing seam versus through fastener. Like these are all decisions that need to be made. the contractor is going to do whatever you ask them to do so like you better ask them to do the right thing (laughs) right right so that's a good way to put it if you're going to
0: gc just get ready to read
2: yeah
0: bunch of stuff oh yeah well we are we came up on our hour and i feel like natasha you can't even ask your question because he just i know blew your question out of the water
1: yep he did so well it sounds (laughs) like we're going to have to have you on yet again to tell us about your next book and your next things and your everything else that's gonna happen.
2: I am happy to then, this, this has been a good time. We can, we can talk about aliens and uh, home renovation all day long, I'm ready.
0: I'm ready to hear about how you incorporate aliens into this next book. Just throwing, a, throwing an idea out there, I'm not saying they have to be green, I'm not saying they have to be three feet. What, uh, what is an alien? a foreign them? species that in your book they've never seen before
1: I so say, maybe a, doesn't live on earth that's my only definition of an alien but
0: in his book in his book they don't live on earth they live on oh, well olsen, don't olsen live on that planet commune.
2: <laughs> right there's there's lots <laughs> of different planets in
1: general, yeah. in general marcus yeah.
2: i mean I so you. that's the other thing is you get to play with the idea of like what is alien and what does that word even mean so um i get what you're saying though marcus don't worry um There are life forms from other planets already in the second book. Perfect. I'll just leave it at that. If you really want, honestly, the prologue from the first book might be right up your alley if you're looking for something that's real like weird and out there. So um, I I got a lot of feedback on that. (laughs) What is this? It'll just keep reading. It'll make sense. It'll be fine. It will
0: make sense. Well, perfect. Well, um, we'll make sure to get uh, the link to your Square online marketplace. Put that out there. Uh, we'll link it. You said it's on Amazon, the paperback
2: yeah. paperbacks on Amazon. Um, and honestly, the uh, getting to the square story, if you just go to my website and you click books and there's, there should be buttons galore there um, as well okay. as some info on the, on the pre-order for the next book that's coming out publishing in October. So if you want to get your signed hardback first edition in September, that's the word get.
0: Perfect. And so- I guess you're taking applications for beta readers.
2: Oh yeah. Always.
0: <laughs> so if you are curious and want to get into that um i think we have your contact information that we'll throw in there as well yeah. um so i'll have people reach out to you as well
2: awesome appreciate it <laughs>
0: all right well keep writing keep doing your home remodels uh we'll check in to see what's going on with the release of the second book once that's that right. sounds good all righty enjoy all right. your weekend thanks again for all your time uh, more alien NFT home remodeling talks to come.
2: All right. Sounds good.
1: I'll make sure to bring my podcast right. next time.
0: Exactly.
2: <laughs> you need a big exactly.
0: bang. <laughs> exactly. All right. Have a good weekend out there. Talk Thanks. to you soon.
1: Bye.